On this episode of the Packet of Pod, we talk about people getting fired. We talk about the Detroit Lions and who we want to face in the second round of the NFL playoffs. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. again. End zone and picked off. Intercepted by Rasul Douglas. And the Packers are going to win it. A.J. Green was the target and he never looked for the ball. Hey there, everybody. And welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan. Joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Yo, 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 hey, yo, 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 yo. The happiest I've ever been after a loss. Let's yeah, that's talk true. About it. <laughs> it's uh, this is is this what it kind of feels like to be a lot of the other uh, NFC North teams where you just lose Ooh. and it is just what it is. And no, I don't think know. so. No, I don't. <laughs> no, all right, I don't think this is what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> so let's stay right there. Uh, the it's I can honestly. Completely forgot it's Fire Monday where the season, regular season is done. So let go of everybody that you're not feeling. And while there was some surprises, including uh, a certain Miami coach, there were some things we saw coming. Matt Nagy, see ya. Mike Zimmer, see ya. Including both GMs of Chicago and Minnesota. So let's just talk about that right now. Dan Campbell isn't even a year young within the NFC North. Really, uh, Matt LaFleur is the longstanding vet at three years in the NFC North. So let's just talk about this and how much of a dumpster fire in a lot of ways this NFC North is, even though they absolutely shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, Zimmer, I'm a little surprised as a coach, but the GM I'm most surprised for the Vikings. Um, I mean, especially when you look at who they have acquired via the draft, um, their anal their analysts, you know, as far as scout wise and talent scout wise is, I think is one of the best in the NFL. Um, so it, it, that one was a shock to me because I think the Vikings should have won this year. I mean, when you look at that roster, they have a great roster and, and for a majority of the season was pretty healthy on the offensive side, at least. So, I mean, they should have been able to hang in there, but yeah, everyone else other than Brian Flores, I expected. I'm with you. I'm surprised by Spielman because the Vikings on paper always look pretty intimidating and just miss the playoffs. Um, so I could understand Zimmer, uh, but was surprised by that. But, you know, I I don't know if we're basking in the NFC North having turnover or just assessing it. Um, but I'm on I'm more on the assessing side because I think it could be a off season of great change uh, and bad change, maybe in our sense, even. So what's happening to the other teams right now, I'm going to hold my opinions to a degree because we may be the laughing stock like a month or two from now. Um, But the one I think that has the most opportunity for rebound is the Bears. And that's just strictly, you know, the defense and special teams has always been there for three decades now. The offense has young building pieces in Montgomery, Fields, Komet, a known quantity in Allen Robinson, put the right coach in there and those guys can go from losing record to winning record overnight, you would think. So it'll be really interesting to see what all these guys do. They have a foundation. They're not starting like the Texans and the lions are starting where they, they need a bunch more players. They have players. So 
I'm, I'm intrigued if they go get some known quantities. But the biggest thing I'm hoping for is Aaron Rodgers against the Vikings won't be such a challenge anymore because Zimmer's gone. <laughs> Hopefully how, we can how, win how some games How much do you big. think Dan Campbell feels gypped right now? He goes, I should have waited one more year. <laughs> and it's interesting, too, because uh, Robinson, Hicks, uh, Chicago has some uh, free agency issues of their own. Not saying that the Packers don't, but it's it's kind of crazy. It seemed like um, injuries are what took down the Vikings. And I feeling getting the vibes from Vikings fans that I know, it wasn't necessarily that Zimmer was a bad coach. He just played every single aspect of their game safe. Like there was never a a risk-reward type of situation for Zimmer. It was how can we just kind of keep it going? And I guess when you have a Cousins at quarterback, maybe that, you know, the time manager style of play, that's what it comes into effect. That I really like Minnesota's team, and I'm just shocked at how bad that their season turned out. And so – while I agree yeah. that Chicago has weapons, I just – if they can keep that core together in Minnesota and if for once they can actually stay healthy, I think they have a huge home advantage. I think they have a lot of superstars. Jefferson might be a top three receiver in the next oh, year or two. Sure. It's just – yeah, it's 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 going to be incredible. And so uh, the NSC North was kicked, kicked to the curb this year for the most part, but I think – and this is keeping in mind that we keep certain folks in Green Bay, I think brighter times are ahead where we're going to see this kind of NFC West turn to the Midwest. Uh, but we'll see what happens. It's uh, The schedule came out for next year already, and we already look like we're going to get murdered Ooh. with who we have to face. Oh so God. it's just like you never know what happens year in and year out, on paper, off paper, free agency. It's going to be a wild wild summer though in uh, another year of primetime games galore probably it oh looks my like God. so the yeah. patriots in lambo the cowboys in lambo the titans in lambo the rams in lambo oh I, I might have to move to green bay for a fall <laughs> <laughs> so uh let's let's take ourselves down we've built ourselves up now let's talk about how the green bay packers lost the detroit lions and granted Say it what? was it was we put the b squad in green bay because uh aaron Rodgers played the first <laughs> half good. and then we didn't see aaron jones we didn't see devondre campbell and so i kind of wanted to step back i don't think we're going to necessarily break this game down between offense and defense like we normally do so maybe let's just go around and talk about aspects of the game that Maybe have you nervous for this playoff push? Have you excited for this playoff push? Where are we at with Green Bay, keeping in mind who we actually saw on the field? My my biggest takeaway was Lowry's play in this game. Um, it, it was nice to see another guy other than Kev, or, uh, Kenny Clark, not Kevin King, Kenny Clark um, up front and really dominate when he was on the field. You know, he, he was controlling that offensive line with ease. Yes, the Detroit Lions were injured, but he still got to perform, and he did. Uh, he looked really, really good. And if he can continue that type of play into uh, the postseason, that will help a ton in the run game. So come on, Dean. Let's go. It would help a ton, but I have more faith in Kiki being a playmaker than Dean Lowry because remember how bad the Detroit Lions line is. They got Tommy Kramer at guard and a bunch of backups at tackle. Decker didn't even finish the game. 
Um, I think there's a few things to take out of this game, and I'm going to start off the top with I'm actually pretty happy that we lost because, if anything, the locker room should be refocused, humbled. The mission is ahead. There's no gloating. There's no resting on your laurels. There's no we can take care of teams while playing our B squad. Rodgers left the game at 14-13. to 13. Thanks, Mason Crosby. Um, there's still some things to be concerned about. Defense trick plays, safety, you know, integrity of their, uh, what do they call it when they're eye integrity, right? Just keeping track of all the guys and keeping it in front of you. There's things to be worried about. So there's things that they're going to be coaching up over the next two weeks. There's not going to be like a three-day celebration and then getting back to business. I think they flew back to Green Bay with a slice of humble pie. And uh, it's time to get to work. You got a month to really create a legacy and you got some some lessons that you took out of Detroit. Yeah. And the great points, great points all around. And specifically, I think Green Bay's aggressive defensive nature was red flagged for everyone to see. I mean, we've seen it little by little getting more aggressive, trying to get the interceptions because they have had a lot of success this year, undercutting a lot of stuff. But. You can see when a triple option play, trick play that, you know, you haven't seen all year comes into effect. No one's around. That was wild, though. Not only are they going aggressive on the first route, but they're also going aggressive on the second route to leave the third one wide open. So there were some things that were shown on film that people will use against us. I mean, you if you don't oh, yeah. think that people will be running that same exact trick play in every game that we play, you're wrong, or at least they're at least going to practice it and put in the game plan. Yeah, they're too wide yeah. open. They're going to test us, whether it's the same exact play or some variation of it. Uh, we're going to be tested at least in, in the next uh, divisional round of the playoffs. So that's a good call out. I, I think, you know, specifically there was two things I was concerned with. Chris Barnes graded out poorly. He was shooting the gap a lot, but he was missing tackles. But he was also playing Devondre Campbell's role, so maybe that was an excuse we could make for him. But I wasn't too pleased that – I mean, that second middle linebacker role, he's had a game or two here and there where he's popped, but the rest, it's been an underperforming, underperforming position. But then wouldn't you guys have liked to see some sort of focus on little number 14, Amonra St. Brown? Did you know his dad's in the stands? How, how do we let him just destroy us when he's the only guy they're throwing the ball to? Yeah, it was frustrating. And uh, I mean, at the end of the day, Jared Goff went 21 for 30, 240 yards and two touchdowns only in one sack against like there is. If you can get pressured on Jared Goff, he is going to make mistakes. He is going to check down to get these two yards like he is very focused on getting something rather than nothing. But it it. To give him the time and even these kind of long developing plays is what was really frustrating to me is it's yeah, St. Brown is a great player. And I think that you are you're seeing this young receiver trend in the NFL that is is going at an, a degree we haven't seen before. Not for but us. The same, yeah, but at the same time. <laughs> There was a I want to say it was probably two or three of his three receptions in which he was not the intended primary receiver, that it didn't work out. Goff came back and still found him just sitting in the middle of the field. I mean, it's just it's not a good situation. And uh, I texted it. I do think, as you mentioned, Campbell Mott being there and kind of being this centralized figure hurt. 
because we ended up looking the backfield a lot, whether it was Burks, whether it was Barnes, there was a lot of watching and not watching how play developed. And it's just really frustrating and you hope it would clean it up. And I, I had thought that the Packers were going to come in very focused and it almost seemed as though that second half, it was like, well, if we lose, we lose. Who cares? We're sim people. And it's just not the the thought I had when you had some of these kind of secondary players in there that were truly looking for a spot. Like Amari Rogers. I really question whether he has a, a roster position next year because they thought, well, we'll start him on kick returns that will eventually transition to him being a slot receiver when Cobb eventually moves on. I don't know what he does well for this team. And when you have, granted, he fumbled, Winfrey, that at least makes something out of the plays he's out there. Uh, EQ makes something out of the plays he's out there. Uh, it's just, it's questionable to me what happens with him. And to kind of spin it on a good note, I have really, really loved Alan Lazard's play as of late. This yep. dude has mm-hmm. is clicking right now. Three out of his last five games, he's had at least 70 yards. Four out of his last five games, he's had at least a touchdown. And, and he's really at a high clip of five of six targets, six of six targets, six of seven targets. He's making catches. And I I always thought he could be a great receiver. I now, heading into playoffs, go, we have our official number two receiver. We worry about MVS. Can he stay healthy? What's his deal? Lazard is your number two receiver, and there is zero question in my mind. I'm bummed about that. I agree with you, but really wanted it to be MVS as a as a shot taker, as a big play guy, as a guy that can outrun everybody else. Lazard is playing great football, happy he's contributing, but MVS's performance was something I was sad about. But since we smoothly transitioned to offense, there's a couple call outs that we gotta be happy with on that side, right? Uh Jawan Winfrey made the most of his opportunity. Patrick Taylor made the most of his opportunity. And I think it was Josh that said his guy for who do you want to see the most out of? Josiah Daguara. Talk about making the most out of your opportunity. Took a screen pass 60 yards to the house. Like you got guys that may be called on. You kind of hope they're not called on, but you got guys that may be called on to make a play uh, that showed that they can at the NFL level. So, um, MVS, I'd like to see more out of. I hope his back is okay and gives us that third option. But lest I forget, Randall Cobb's going to come back, and maybe it's just the Lazard and Cobb show at wide receiver, and, and that's yep. enough. But uh, we got good good problems on the offensive side. We got a lot of guys that can contribute, and I'm with you, Ryan. Amari Rogers, I don't know, but I'd honestly like to see a snap count at like one or two throughout the playoffs, if that. Like, it, let's come back next year and reassess that. Yeah. Let's focus on these guys that we know can contribute. Yeah, and just touching on Lazard, you guys said most of it, but what what I love about what he's doing is he's making contested catches. He, Aaron Rodgers is legit throwing it to him when he's covered and saying, I know he's going to catch it, and, and he's getting better at catching it now, and especially in the red zone. And, and I love that when Randall Cobb comes back, we'll have Cobb, we'll have Adams, we'll have Lazard, that are three red zone threats at wide out. And then you also have running backs that are coming out of the backfield. So it, it's going to create a, a great matchup issue for other teams in going into the postseason. I'm um, shocked. I think it was 
I don't remember if it was the first or second touchdown to Lazard. Uh, it must have been the first one, right? Wasn't that the shorter one? Yeah, that was a short one. We had a run set up all day. We had numbers on the left side of the offensive line. We had three three hats on three hats, and I think before they took a timeout or whatever happened, it was two hats on two hats. And it's like, just run left, run left, run left. This is easy. And we were trying to throw the ball both times. It's like, all right, maybe we're just working on something, which is fine. But, yeah, talk about our weapons, Josh. You got Lazard now as a guy they're going to have to identify in the red zone. And, and don't forget, A.J. Dillon's just going to be a bowling ball when you get down on the one-yard line, and we didn't even choose to use him. Hey, don't forget, Dominic Daphne shining, yeah. Don't forget, don't forget. I'm, I'm just yeah. banking all my hopes on MVS is like a, a playoff guy. You know these guys that just show up when it matters most, the the uh, anti-Kirk Cousins, we'll call them. MVS was pretty solid hey, in last there'll year's There'll be playoffs. some deep balls. There'll be yep, some deep yep. balls. It's, we, I mean, you talk about Lazard winning contested catches. That's what you need out of MVS, but... If you can get that shot taker over the top, then with everything you can do with the rest of this offense. I don't know. I don't this, know if looking you... at this defense, you got to score 30 points now. We're back to, you know, Packers of every other year. You got to score 30 points to be comfortable. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily I know you want MVSV number two. I I I always would prefer you have your one and two guys just catch everything that comes their way. Like if there's a ball within the vicinity, they get it. I would love to have it where we only – I don't know how many games MVS has actually been healthy this year. It feels like maybe four, five, yeah. and he's actually been like truly healthy. Yeah. And he looked so good getting this defense vertical. So then you allow Lazard and, frankly, DeGuara over these last three or four weeks uh, and obviously Devontae Adams to just control 20 yards from the line of scrimmage and just get everything in sight. And so – we haven't seen Dylan and Jones necessarily being receiving threat at all this year. I would assume that would go into the playoffs. I feel very good about this offense. We scored yeah, thirty. That. We scored thirty points, and we didn't have MVS. We didn't have Jones. We were trying out Bakhtiari and Myers back in this lineup. Like it's, it's. I feel good about where the offense is. It's just a matter of. Are we going to get timely interceptions? Are we going to get those crucial third down stops? Are we going to stop looking the backfield and realize that there is the number one receiver for that team sitting in an open spot? Like, it's just, it'll be interesting. Rapid fire guy that showed the most against the Lions. Lazard. Go. Lazard. Lazard. Josh, go. I'll say DeGuara then. Guy that showed the least against the Lions. Oh, Brian, God. go. <laughs> it was Mario Rogers. I did not like that. Josh, uh, go. Adrian Amos gained negative points Ooh. by a million. Oh. Correct. Ooh, correct. I'd go Jordan one. Love. Mm, yeah. yeah. He, he played good enough. We didn't say his name at all, but I, I enjoyed it. It's his second year. He still looks clueless out there, but he's, mouth. he's yeah. throwing a good ball. Two picks. Threw too good to Mario Rogers and one's, one's got deflected. Not his fault. He threw one pick. Yeah, it was kind of funny. What we'd have like 48 seconds to go win the game, and you're like, yeah, with Rogers, that feels like plenty of time. Like we might give them the ball back with too much time. <laughs> with Jordan Love, is like, oh, <laughs> we lost. <laughs> so Hopefully let's transition. Next year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's switch, 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 switch. Uh, let's talk about playoffs, and we're gonna divide this into two parts. What? The first part is it sounds like we are going to have everybody back for this playoff run. Zadarius and Jair are officially going oh to be my. back. 
Cobb. Ooh. Cobb was in Detroit and apparently wanted to play, and they said, we're good. Oh, we don't yeah. need to. We're good. And mm-hmm. then how do we feel about Bakhtiari and Myers? I, I felt like oh, yeah. they were back dirty to normal. To me. <laughs> Jeez. Just keep going. Who else are we getting back? That's it. I'm done. I got to throw up real quick. And then, uh, <laughs> no, I, you, you know, all those names given, though, I, I, I agree. I think the offense alignment are, are key. I, I mean, our guys have pulled it off. We've pulled off a really tough season up front. But getting back, especially Bakhtiari on the left side, so Rodgers just has that trust factor that he just knows he's good. He knows where to move. He knows Bakhtiari's style. It's just going to be easier uh, for, for our offense with those guys back. But other than that, I just hope that, you know, when we got a good groove going. We got a good groove going on in the locker room, it feels like. It feels like everybody is really hyping each other up. And I just hope that continues even with people that haven't been totally a part of that are back into the picture. I'm sure it will be no problem, but uh, that's the only thing I worry about really. Here's something I worry about, and then I'm going to spin it back to the positive. With Bakhtiari back in the game, you saw those plays that Rodgers passed the ball a couple times in the pocket, and sometimes he had to scramble up, but he gets that extra couple seconds. He's got that comfort Bakhtiari's protecting him, and those plays, for the most part, didn't actually turn out well. And we've talked throughout the season about Rodgers' statistics are so much better. They're astronomically better when he gets the ball out in under two and a half seconds. So I hope he doesn't say, like, did we mention Billy Turner might be back for the next game? I got Billy back. I got Josh back. I got David back. And now I can sit back there and wait for something to happen. It's like we were having a ton of success when you got the ball out on time within the cadence of the offense. So I hope they don't lose that touch as a part of it. But – the idea that Jair is coming back and this secondary needs Jair back to win a Super Bowl I, is amazing. Don't get me wrong. But the icing on the cake is the guy I didn't think was coming back. All of a sudden, they're talking about Zadarius very well could be back. With the right two weeks of practice, with the right conditioning, uh, he's back for the next game. And it's like, well, that came out of nowhere. And if you can get, like, just put him in on third downs, right, and have this – dream pass rush we talked about all preseason of Kenny Clark with Smith Smith and Gary and you're taking out Lancaster you're taking out Dean Lowry and you're replacing him with a pro bowler for 15 reps for 20 reps that's all I need I don't need you in there for 60 reps that's a game changer because the NFC conference championship the Super Bowl are always decided on two or three plays that went the right way and having that guy in there on defense can make it go our way yeah, he's a game changer too. Game changer. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to bring out because my first reaction when I, you know, you hear all these names and when are they going to play and all that kind of stuff, and I kind of questioned it as like, well, I don't like this for the exact same reason of you're going to go almost four months not playing and then go against the LA Rams. You're going to go against the Cardinals. That kind of scared me. But then you realize who you're trading out for. And who you're getting back. Ladarius Hamilton played in the game in Detroit. You're telling me a 80% Zadarius isn't better than a 100% Hamilton? Are you telling me that a 80% Jair can't do what John Charles does? You know, and granted, I understand that these guys also do special teams and you're going to have to make those adjustments. But why would I not want 
pro bowler after pro bowler being the second or third option for a playoff run. Like like you said, we don't need them 100 percent of the time because Preston and Gary have looked fantastic. Now you're just adding that little bit of a little bit of seasoning on top of that D line to get them to go. There's been moments where the cornerbacks have looked fantastic between Stokes. Obviously, Rasul Douglas has won the hearts of everybody in Green Bay. Now you're just sprinkling in a little Jair. The ability to bring that swagger, the ability to bring that confidence of we're going for it. I hope we don't change our mindset. And I'm glad you brought up Rodgers and how he gets rid of the football. But I also think that falls on Matt LaFleur, too. Don't think you need to ride these guys because they are a pro bowler and they're coming back. Play it smart. If you if you find out that Josh Myers just isn't doing what he needs to be doing at center, put Patrick right back in. Like it needs to be not necessarily a, a terminology of short leash, but understand the situation. If you got guys that are running thin on on gas going into the third or fourth quarter and you need to adjust to make sure you win a football game, don't hesitate. And I hope that happens because there's been times where Matt LaFleur has kind of stuck with the guy because he believed in him and all that kind of stuff. You got to win football games, whomever it is, because we've done that this entire season. This entire season has been built on who in the moment got us that win. And I I just hope that we continue that mindset, even if we have these superstars that are back. But, man, it's exciting. Right. Right. Fired up. A little hated. I think, if anything, what we saw is the Pro Bowlers coming back can still play at a Pro Bowl level. I mean, Bakhtiari showed you nothing that should give you – Outside of being a little winded in the second quarter, which they can fix over the next two weeks, like Jair comes back, it's new to us as the fan that hasn't seen them practicing. But I have full trust he's not getting on the field unless he's been cleared by the doctors and shown his coaches and the teammates that he can play and he can tackle. So you put him out there for 70 snaps. Josh Myers coming back, if he shows a little lag, yeah. You're not putting Lucas Patrick back in. You're sliding Lucas Patrick over, and you're putting Royce Newman back in, who's one of our worst-graded offensive linemen on the year. So you got to do that math around it. Uh, but I would agree on that sense. But, like, you got Bakhtiari back. You put him back in, and he plays all the snaps. I, I, I think the same goes with Jair. Zedarius is the option because the outside linebackers rotate. You know, they get winded, and they need a breather. None of them play 100% of the snaps. So that's why I say he can give us 20 to 30 just the key, critical, crucial snaps, and it's a back. It's different than a shoulder and an ACL recovery. Nonetheless, let's go win some football. So let's talk about this. We, for sure, unless it's the good old NFC Championship game, so I'm not saying that we're going to get there. I'm just saying these teams are automatically not going to be seen until then. Tampa Bay and Dallas are on their own uh, for the next round. I don't know if anybody on this podcast has any belief, not saying that they can't, but that the Philadelphia Eagles will go down to Tampa Bay and take care of business on there. So if I'm a betting man, there yeah, is a no very, very that. good chance. Was that a question? I have no belief. No, no, it was not a question. Uh, we're going to face an NFC West team. Again, we went through that gamut. We went undefeated in the NFC West games. We went undefeated in the AFC North games. Now we're going to have to face one of these teams again. So I question to you, who would you rather face and who is your least favorite choice between Rams, Cardinals, and 49ers? Man, this is such a good question. Yeah. What'd you say, I, Josh? I, 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 I'm Rams. I'm all Rams. I want the Rams again. Ooh. <laughs> I, I want them 100%. First of all, I don't want to play anyone else. 
I, you know, that that is a possibility. Uh, I just don't think they match up. They they match up where they can beat us a lot easier than the Rams. You know, I, I just I think Rodgers has the Rams defense figured out. He understands that, like you said, he has to get the ball out quick because there's going to be pressure. Um, but I know we can run on them because they're so aggressive on the defensive front. And I, I really think that our defense um, can really shut down Cooper Cup really well with how we play the zone. Um, so I, I just want to see the Rams. And I really want to shut up Odell Beckham just one more time. Oh, that would be nice. Oh, I forgot about that part. That would be nice. <laughs> and we saw that Devontae can handle Jalen Ramsey. He can he can win some of those battles. Um, and we handled the Rams the best out of those three teams. That game was a somewhat comfortable victory, you know, from the start to the end. And if I had to rank them, it goes Cardinals next because we won that thriller of a game in Arizona without Devontae. Uh, so I would have some hope that the game we came into with no hope that we would play at home with our stars and be okay. But I mean, that was a Russell Douglas, AJ Green miscommunication away from losing that game. So they're ranked like Rams, Cardinals in the middle, and I've just got too many nightmares about the 49ers. There's nothing in particular that scares me, but it's just the 49ers, and I just don't need to see it. I I actually have my least as the Arizona Cardinals for your situation, but reversed. That was such an awesome night. And granted, we were all together grabbing beers at random places, running into Packers fans. That 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 was that was a top five Packer game of my life, just in terms of I will remember that game forever because it was just a fun as hell game. And Rasul Douglas's interception came out of nowhere. We're dancing around my backyard, spilling beer everywhere. Like, it was magical. I don't want the Arizona Cardinals to F that memory up. And they're the only ones that can really, really do that. So I I agree with you. There's something about the 49ers. They're, they have the worst away record, 6-3 and three out of those three. Uh, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo and especially his, yeah, especially his hand thing is kind of like, uh. It's just – it's it's crazy, though, because you look at these teams. They drop down in 12 wins, 11 wins, 10 wins. Their points for are all pretty much the same. 460 for Rams, 449 for Cardinals, 427 for 49ers. And the defense is almost right there too. 372 for Rams, 366 for Cardinals, 365 for 49ers. So they're all within 10 points of each other in any statistical category. It's just they happen to beat up each other during the year. So I don't necessarily, for some reason, feel strongly about anyone. I just don't want to face the Cardinals because I just I worry feel strongly that, about ugh. the Eagles. Give me the Eagles. Oh yeah, well, well come we'll on now. That. Yeah, yeah I'm mean, gonna. Be, are we macro. all not gonna be the biggest fans of Philadelphia when that game is on? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they're the, they're the last seed in a division that has the Washington Football Team and the New York Giants. Like mm-hmm. they got handed four wins. I don't know their schedule well enough if they even took advantage of those four wins. But yeah, I'd much rather have the Eagles. <laughs> well, it's a conversation that we had in Vegas two years ago. We took a podcast trip out there to watch the the first round of playoffs, and we were witnessing. I want to say it was Vikings that beat the Saints. Was that the upset of the day? And as much as you hated it, you were like, "We don't have to face the Saints." Fine. Like, I yeah, I don't. I just I, I don't like the Bucks coming to town. I don't like the Rams. I don't like the Cardinals. Uh, 
Cowboys we wouldn't face till later. It's just Tennessee is loaded with a lot of teams that can get hot at the right time. And oof. The Eagles lost to the Giants in week 12. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Come on, Disaster. Eagles. Come on, Come on Eagles. <laughs> Fly, <laughs> Eagles. Fly. <laughs> Let's so that'll do it for this. On record yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. So that'll do it for this episode. We we hope every single playoff game is uh just goes on and they play forever. Uh no injuries, but just really, really tired. And uh we'll have to see. Go Eagles. Man. Uh well, we'll see what happens then uh in two weeks in Lambeau Field. But until then, thanks everybody. Go back, go.